Good morning, Argentina, and welcome to Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jono. Before we start today's podcast, I would just like to pay the respect to the original custodians of the land where you're coming from, which is home of the Wangal and Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation. Now onto the podcast. Well, Jono, as we always say, another eventful week in sport. Definitely. Plenty going on. Um, a couple of quick headlines to start this week's podcast. Firstly, from the world of football, uh, in the Premier League this week, Liverpool remain top after an impressive 3-0 win over Leicester City, even without a raft of first-teamers. Quite a showing by the Reds. Yeah, I think a big surprise in terms of, not that they necessarily have won, but the fact that they were able to pull it, pull it with a convincing 3-0 win, that's huge against Leicester, who's not an easy opponent, especially with how many injuries Liverpool have right now. It's uh, That was very, very impressive. Absolutely. Another couple of uh, big results from the Premier League over the weekend. Tottenham defeat Manchester City, Manchester City so... Jose Marino gets one over his old advisory in Pep Guardiola, while Chelsea continue their good form with a win over Newcastle. Yeah, look, um, Tottenham has just been the team of the season so far in terms of producing big results against the big teams. And I'm not going to lie, I want to keep seeing it going. Um, you know, I like uh, I like like the style that they're playing right now. They're just getting it done. Um, and also a big win by Chelsea. You know, we love to see them keep on going with all those new players that they have, and it's good to see them start gelling. Hopefully the American can get back soon, healthy, Pulisic, um, rooting for him. Absolutely. In Italy, AC Milan remained top after an impressive three-run away win over Napoli, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, the 39-year-old, does it again by scoring twice. Unbelievable, eh, Jono? Mate, it's like he's found the fountain of youth. This guy's not stopping, and he's just going to win at all costs. He's literally taking that team on his back, as I mean, as well as they're doing, but leading them to the top right now. So it's going to uh, come down to the end, um, Serie A. It's going to be interesting what happens as we keep uh, progressing within the season because um, can he keep up this form? That's going to be the question. And in Spain, Real Sociedad remained top as Atletico Madrid defeat Barcelona 1-0. Barcelona amazingly sitting 12th in La Liga. Few issues over in Catalan. Yeah, it's not that we want to see necessarily the Barcelonas, the Real Madrid sitting so low, but it is actually quite refreshing to see somebody else in Spain because um, it's always dominated by either Barcelona, Real Madrid. Atletico is always kind of creeping in there, but it's actually really, really good to see a different team up at the top right now, and hopefully they can sustain that as well um, because, again, we do have a lot longer for the season to go, Absolutely. so we'll see. And over in the States, some sad news out of the NFL. Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrows has suffered a season-ending ACL injury. Burrows was the top draft pick in 2020. Not great news for uh, Joe Burrows. No, you know, you, you never want to see that, especially with someone so young um, coming into the league. He was actually doing quite well. And, and, you know, to have something like that hit his career now, you know, he, of course, you know, he's young into his career, so he has a lot of time to bounce back. But sometimes, unfortunately, with certain injuries like that, um, it's hard to bounce back at what you were producing. So um, nothing you ever want to see. Um, so hopefully he uh, gets well soon, gets that surgery done and can recover as soon as possible. Talking about the NFL, Jonah, any outstanding results that uh, caught your eye this weekend? Look, I guess you got to just give a shout out again to the Steelers just remaining undefeated. Um, you know, no easy feat. Um, keeping this uh, going throughout the season. Another big result, just because I'm a Cardinals fan, is un- unfortunately um, they lost to division rivals, the Seattle Seahawks. You know, it's going to happen. Seahawks are a good team, but so are the Cardinals. So hopefully we can uh, bounce back uh, next week and uh, take home another win. Absolutely. Bit of tennis news. Denny Mev- Medvedev defeated Dominic Team in the ATP Tour Final in London in three sets, which was a big win for Medvedev. 
The rugby over the weekend. A disappointing result in the end for the Wallabies as they were only able to draw with Argentina 15-all. In Newcastle, Reese Hodge missed a penalty with three minutes to go, which would have won it for the Australians and set them top of the Tri-Nation stings. Unfortunately, though, they've had to take a draw and, and all three teams remain on six points. So a big opportunity missed by the Wallabies on the weekend, Jono. Yeah, you really, uh, it really shows that um, lack of being able to handle that pressure. You know, it's all big games. You need to, the best teams can handle that pressure, whether it's, you know, at halftime or at the end of the game when it comes down to the last play of the game. And that's right now the difference. It is, absolutely. Talking about big games, last Wednesday evening, Origin Game 3 took place at Suncorp Stadium in Queensland in front yep. of a packed 49,155 crowd, which was a record wow. crowd since lockdown or since COVID worldwide, wow. not even just in Australia, which is quite amazing. Queensland, that Queensland spirit yet again defeated New South Wales 20-14 to 14 and continues the Blues' horrendous record in deciders at Lang Park, which we haven't won one since 2005. Jono, Queensland just... Again, showing great spirit. They may not have the most talent individually as, as the New South Welshman, but, but they certainly came together as a team and, and gave a, a great performance last uh, last Wednesday evening. Yeah, you know, it was actually just a really good um, team performance. Um, you know, I do think that possibly that crowd played a, played a big role in that, and it was actually really good as well to see um, that large of a crowd back out there in the sport uh, sporting arena. It was it was. Quite um, you could you could hear the sounds um, absolutely quite a lot, and it was good to good to really see that. And um, you know, out in Queensland, they've they've been able to uh, essentially keep COVID under control. Yeah. Um. So that's why they have the luxury of being able to do that. And it was um really refreshing for sport to have to host that the largest crowd, like you said, in the world, um, to date with COVID. Absolutely. So it was it was good and a big win for them. You know, unfortunately the. New South Wales didn't necessarily show up as much as they maybe should have, but um, hats yeah. off to the Queenslanders there because, you know, they they had a lot of uh, comments before the before the series started about, you know, them even being one of the worst Queensland Queensland teams that um have come out of recent well, times. Former so. New South Wales captain Paul Gallen did uh did make that comment saying it's one of the weakest Queensland teams he had seen on paper. But a couple of special shout outs to Cameron Munster, who did win the uh, Wally Lewis Medal at the end of the uh, series. Yep. Um, was outstanding last last Wednesday night, as well as young twenty year old Harry Grant. It's quite amazing to see he's only twenty years old. And yeah, Melbourne great. Storm have got another sensational number nine on their hands after Cameron Smith hangs up his boots uh, when when he hangs up his boots because um, they've got a sensational player in Harry Grant up there. So um, special shout out to the, both those two, who I certainly think were uh, huge factors in Queensland yep. winning the series, and it sets it up beautifully for for next year already. Yeah. Um, in terms of New South Wales coming back and hopefully avenging this series loss going from that Jono um, obviously last week we just touched on is in terms of the crowds and in terms of the quality of the play that we saw last last Thursday or last Wednesday night it was certainly the most intense Origin game we had seen through the series I certainly thought um, that's what Origin was about and you could certainly feel Origin the Origin feel um, from both teams now as we have touched on it but do you think obviously the lack of crowds worldwide and then obviously players suffering from COVID, uh, players having to go into quarantine um, and leaving their teams short of players or, or sort of, you know, um, first-team players having to, to step away for those two weeks. Do you think that has had a distinct uh, effect on the quality of sport we have seen um, worldwide? Yeah, you know, I think it, it goes back to kind of what you said as well. And it, I think it goes to maybe that lack of intensity um, overall. 
And so you, you're right. You, you, if you would have watched the game last week, um, the intensity was there all throughout. And I think having those fans created that intensity because, you know, coming from playing, when you have a packed house, it's a lot different from when you're just kind of playing with no fans in, in, in the grounds. And especially when you look at professional athletes that now have gone through the grassroots, maybe they didn't have crowds then. But then as they progress in their career, they're used to having those big crowds. So when you get used to having those crowds and then you go to playing with no crowds, it's going to feel like a training game regardless. You know, you can try and bring that intensity as much as you want in the locker room, but it's going to have that kind of training uh, feel. And so I think that that also that plays a big role in it as well as that when these when these crowds come back and as they're starting to come back, you'll see maybe that intensity level and that want and that late game push, little things like that is just going to go a little bit extra Whereas now it might be kind of holding a little bit there. Um, and then, of course, as you said, you know, the, the quarantines and, and everything like that, the pe- players getting COVID, you know, it, it is definitely affecting it because it also takes a toll uh, for their rosters such a, le- a period of, of well, time. We've also seen, um, amazingly, in, in competitions such as UEFA Champions League, um, having different testings to some of the... Um, to some of the clubs and, and some yeah. of the other countries in terms of, for example, Lazio... Um, had to leave half their squad home in a Champions League match, but then played again, but played those same plays in a Serie A match on the weekend after. So um, in terms of getting this testing right, there obviously seems to still be a little bit of a disparity in terms of um, when players do test positive and when they do test negative and, and what that constitutes in regards to players missing missing games, which obviously has an effect on, on the team and their performance and, and the quality of uh, team they're going to be able to put out on the on the field. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the testing, they need they need to get the testing right because, as you said, it's um, different results for different leagues. Let's say especially, I think we're really talking about, of course, like European football where um, there's a lot of different tournaments kind of going on. I know a lot of different leagues kind of just stay within their leagues, so it might be a little bit different. But they need to, they need to be consistent as well as consistent in testing. It can't be where we've seen a couple times, and this is across multiple sports, where the test results actually come in mid-game. And then they have to pull a player mid-game. You know, it takes a lot of planning as the coach um, to to really plan your rosters, especially when you have so many changes because of COVID already before the game. That then all of a sudden, let's say one of your players then right before the game or during the game then gets a positive test. That's that's going to change the the game plan completely, and that could really change how these games um, the results of these games. So it's going to be um, it's it's something that really needs to be looked at and needs to be consistent across the board. And I think that from this as well, I mean, I don't know your perspective, but I think we're seeing somewhat of a more level playing field as well in that sense in some leagues that it's leveling out a little bit. Yeah, it's sort of a, I guess, a positive if, if you want to sort of frame it in that in that way, in, in the sense that some of you, I guess, your more established clubs or, or powerful clubs, I guess, talking from football, a football perspective at the moment, you can see in some of the major leagues, um, over in England, Italy, Spain, um, even in some in, in Germany. Um, some of those traditional powerhouses or, or teams or bigger clubs aren't actually dominating right now and, and it's struggling a little bit for consistency. Partly, I guess it's come down in terms of home advantage has been lost. Um, partly, I guess that's, yeah. that's has one way of playing it. But also the raft of injuries, which is the other, which has been the other massive issue in regards to not only the COVID and, and quarantining, but players going down injured left right and center you've seen obviously we talked about liverpool's injury toll at the moment um but they're not the only club experiencing experiencing that toll right now and and obviously the demand on players has increased because of the condensing of seasons um i mean as a football fan as a sport fan 
it's fantastic to have sport yeah. all the time. But also consider that these players need you need to have rest and recuperate to be able to perform at the highest level, which I think is having an effect on some of the quality. Um, not that there hasn't been quality games and quality performances. I, I do agree with that. But in terms of longevity and, and, and seeing a season out, because they are long seasons still, will that quality distinctly drop off um, as we get later into the year? Well, I mean, yeah, you see, you know, like we touched on the um, debate in, in um, European football about the five sus- substitution rule. And that's basically because it's not only because these players are getting COVID and they have to then filter in different rosters, but it's because these seasons now are condensed. And there's so many games going on. When you have a couple games per week, that takes a huge toll on your body. And those players are getting injured. You know, you're seeing some big names going down with with injuries. And of course, it's going to happen in a regular season regardless. But when you try and compact a full season and you reduce it by a couple months and you have to play maybe if it's one extra game a week, one extra game every two weeks, whatever it is, that extra game is then you're losing that practice time, you're losing that rest time. And that's really valuable to your overall recovery. And I think that we're definitely seeing that. And and that's where we might see that little bit more fatigue within games as well. That That's why when we're saying that there might not be that quality in terms of like the intensity and those extra passes that normally are, are uh prime passes but now but today they're you know a little bit less pace or something like that that's because you know the legs are tired and the body's just tired and i think that's um that's we're seeing these effects as we keep on going with these new uh new way of uh, of doing these sports leagues with with handling of COVID. so absolutely i mean obviously we've had klopp and or jürgen klopp and, and pep guardiola um the liverpool and manchester city managers respectively come out and and say they wanted the five substitute rule introduced in england now, obviously, that rule would, would support the bigger clubs because they're the ones playing more games in regards to the European competitions. Um, but in regards to the smaller clubs, I don't know if, if that necessarily you know, gives them an extra hand or anything like yeah. that in regards to support for their squad because they don't have as big a squads as those, as those bigger clubs um, as well as not having those extra games. So I don't know if that necessarily is the, is the right thing to do. Obviously, you do have some... Uh, you know, countries have introduced that rule, and obviously, um, some UEFA, um, UEFA competitions and whatnot. But I think the, you know, I think the FAs and and obviously the the sporting organisations that that sort of organise these leagues, um, also have to think about sort of that toll on, toll on the body because, as I said, um, you don't want your biggest stars getting injured and missing chunks of the year because that does have it that has first has an effect on on their club um and their and obviously the fans that follow that club but also the the followers and supporters of that code um who want to see the very best players playing also keep in mind we've got a euros next year straight after the season yep so these the best players are not going to get a rest next year they're going to finish their season go straight into a summer competition um and then you've got a world cup the year after yeah so usually we obviously have those two-year gap between between you know competitions such as the Euros and World Cup, we don't have that now. It's all going to be condensed. So, in terms of looking looking even further ahead into twenty twenty one and then obviously into twenty twenty two, those top players are not going to have a rest unless their country obviously doesn't qualify. Yeah, and I think that a key thing as well is a rest physically as well as a rest mentally. You know, you you got to think about it. And if if then your world is just from one league to another to another to another. It's going to take a toll, of course, like as we just said, on your body, but it's also going to take a toll on you mentally. You know, you need a break. 
the offseason is, is crucial for all leagues. You know, you need that offseason to be able to just take a step back, relax. And although you might be doing that at club level, those top players, as you said, are now going to have to then go on for international duty. When you go on for international duty, you want to represent your country as much as you can, as proud as you can, and work as hard as you can to bring it home for your country. So it's not like these players, you know, put into second gear. They're going as hard as they can to try and produce. So that's going to take a huge toll mentally as well, that if they're going from this already condensed season where now they're playing so much, to then going right into Euros, to then going back into their season, and then going into a World Cup, you know, what's that going to do as well mentally? They're going to be couple years time they're going to be just mentally exhausted when we might even see players um you know and and this is just something that's come up but possibly players that that retirement because they just want to take a back seat now you know it's it's too much sometimes i think that's a great point i think mentally more than even physically because obviously these guys are in great physical shape yeah but the mental fatigue it takes to play at the highest level and obviously wanting to win every single week and every single game does take a toll regardless of um, how good you are physically and, and sort of how good you are um, in terms of the talent you have. I think the mental fatigue is a huge factor. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see um, as this year progresses, not only in the football, obviously we've got NFL, we've got basketball starting December 22nd. You look at the distinct breaks the teams who have made the finals to the teams who didn't make the finals yeah. have had yeah. um, in terms of you're talking your Lakers, your, your teams that made it late it's huge in the, the season. Yeah. There's a huge disparity there. Yeah. So how do, as good as LeBron James, as good as these players are, they need a rest. Doesn't yeah. Regardless of individual talent, how will they come back? How will they start the season? How will be interesting to see how clubs approach um, the season. I'm talking SA NBA here, whether you saw obviously the Clippers last year resting their top players yeah. a lot during the regular season. Obviously, it didn't work out because they didn't win the championship in the end. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how some of those clubs and franchises approach the regular season before your finals campaign. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how each club manages as we keep progressing with these seasons um, and the um, changes that keep on coming up. You know, how, how are they going to approach this, um, both physically and mentally fatigued? You know, how are they going to manage that? Um, and, and you're right, with the NBA, there's a huge difference in the time off that the Lakers might have had to the time off that Golden State who didn't make the bubble had um, and what role is that going to play because you know sport is their job you know their job is to play just like everybody there's times where you need a break from your own job as well and just just like that they need that break and it's it's a total reset these breaks so what role is that going to play that 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 difference in in the length of uh, of a uh, break time and then also that compacted season and the difference in season, you know, it's something that they're used to now, the season starting one day, the season ending another. How is that going to change their mental psyche as well that now it's starting um, at a different time? And like we said with the other leagues, that now maybe games might be played um, more often. All these changes, I think, are changing the dynamics of the game. Um, and I think some in some leagues, the results are kind of showing that difference in the game. Absolutely. Well, obviously, I think Origin was obviously affected by this and, and sort of, um, I guess, since the washout from, from Game 3, it's been you know revealed that David Clement was was miss, was sort of left out of the New South Wales squad because of mental fatigue in terms yeah. of such a long NRL season and then being able to go straight into an intense Origin series. Um, but as I said, it's obviously Queensland were the deserved winners for that series. Um, and I think what it did show was the distinct difference crowds make, especially yeah. for a home crowd. Um obviously for a deciding game in, in that sense. But unfortunately, 
with the way COVID is going, say in the States and, and Europe especially, yeah. the possibility of crowds seems a long way off. Yeah. In terms of, I know obviously there's been reduced crowds in the States, but in terms of getting those full capacity crowds back and, and whatnot, um, it seems a fair way away. And I guess like all fans of, of hopefully the Euros next year, we do have football fans um, in those stadiums because it will be a sad, uh, it won't be the same sort of competition yeah. if there are no fans because in the end, fans do make sport. Without fans, I think what COVID has shown us is that sport is not the same. Yep. Um, and without that, as we've discussed before, without that community um you know, community support and I guess that community behind um, those clubs and, and players and whatnot, it's not going to be, it's not quite the same effect, even though we are, we can still still watch it on TV. Yeah, look, I mean, unfortunately in, in some of the bigger countries right now, COVID's still um, pretty bad. And so we might not see the fans that we want to see or what we saw here, let's say in Queensland. Um, but, you know, hopefully we can um, keep adapting and we can continue on and um, we'll see what happens uh, in the future. Let's hope so. But um, for today, we'll end on another uh, lighter note, of course. And we got our five quick questions. Today, I'm going to be reading off my questions that Seb has not seen. And uh, he'll answer them as quick as possible, either yes, no, or a quick condensed answer. Let's go. All right. First question is, what is one thing that New South Wales needs to do to beat Queensland next year in the origin? One thing that Queensland... Have Tedesco for all three games and not get knocked unconscious because he was a massive loss when he got uh, MIA'd in the third game. Right. I mean, I would agree. He uh, he was a big loss. All right, next question. As a resident Man U fan, what do they need to do to fix their lack of open play goals? Because right now they're only scoring from the spot. What do we need? Mate, play Donnie van der Beek. Paul, Paul, play more. <laughs> Don't worry about defending, guys. Let's just go forward, mate. I'd rather win a game 5-3 than win a game 1-0. It is pretty poor business. Just that play they, more. They spend all that money on a player and just sit him on the bench. That's quite sad. Oh, what will we do with Man U? All right. With so many new faces in the Australian cricket team, do you think that they have a chance against India in this upcoming series? I certainly think we have a chance, but it is going to be tough because obviously you are playing the number one uh, test yeah. team in the world. And obviously, if Virat Kohli comes down under again, so... Um, I think we have a chance, but it will be tough. So uh, Conor McGregor is back for I don't even know how many times now. Are you excited to see him back? (laughs) I mean, as all UFC fans, obviously I'll I'll tune in. Yeah. um, But who knows? I mean, he looks in great condition from all his uh, social snaps he puts up. So um, I definitely will be tuning in because it's going to be of interest to me. Yeah, let's see what uh, he can do on the millions to come out of retirement. Last one is... um, are you going to be watching the Mike Tyson fight this weekend? I will definitely. I cannot wait for this. I think Mike Tyson looks scary as ever. So he, I will definitely be watching in. Does not like he's look like he skipped a beat. So Absolutely. it's going to be very, very interesting. Absolutely. Well, that is all today, guys. Um, hopefully you enjoyed listening to another episode of Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jono. Take care and good night.